Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey again, it's Ryan. And this is Lucas. We're back with another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Today's topic um, is about Airbnb.org. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. Not .com, not just Airbnb. Airbnb.org. And as you all know, because you're all tech-savvy computer gurus when it comes to the interwebs and all things related, org signifies some sort of organization. Generally speaking, it is used to signify that the website belongs to a nonprofit. Um, so Airbnb.org is just that. Um, it is a website and an organization that provides stays for people in need at our listings for free. Um, we have had uh, the exposure to it on a, on a small level. Um, but enough of a level for us to feel like it was something we should share with you guys. Um, now we're going to have a separate episode down the line. I'm, you know, spoiler alert, Lucas and I are going to have a second episode about an actual stay that originated from Airbnb.org. And we're going to kind of let you know how it went and how the logistics of it played out. It was at one of Lucas's places and, and, um, Lucas is it, you're hosting them right now, right? Yep, they are being hosted okay. right now. Perfect. So um, enlighten our listeners, Lucas. What is the <clears throat> mission of Airbnb.org and how does it work? Well, uh, since you said that, it says right on their site, their mission is to unlock the power of sharing space, resources, and support in times of need. So they do just that. They are Airbnb has a charitable um, wing called Airbnb.org. Um, that I believe one of the original founders, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, probably going to slaughter his last name, uh, Gibba, Jebba, G-E-B-B-I-A. Um, Very good. <laughs> I believe he's one of the founders of Airbnb with Brian Chesky. So he seems to lead this wing. Um, but it's the charitable donation wing. So you can donate uh, to Airbnb. It is a 501C uh, so, you know, you can get a tax so right a person can it. just go in and choose that their charitable dollars just go to this organization and they can just Correct. straight up donate. Yep. Okay. And then and so that money is spent by Airbnb.org booking stays for people in need. Yes. Okay. Now yep. is Airbnb themselves, do we know, are they, how much are they contributing? Or they just uh I have no idea to be honest it doesn't really say that on their on their thing I think they're entirely funded by charity obviously again obviously but I don't know how much they themselves are contributing to their um to their own charity like how much is airbnb.com giving to airbnb.org it doesn't really say that yeah. um, I think it's safe to assume that if they if they have a gap in funds let's say the people that are donating straight up don't don't give enough and they've got to pay a host to use their place, Airbnb will probably just go ahead and cough up the the difference. Yeah, so this that's, is that's hosting, totally an assumption, folks. I'm just making that up. So this is hosting people who are frontline workers who are fleeing, like say Ukraine, hosting refugees from Afghanistan, 
Um, yeah. All these different various things, people who have been uh, affected by a natural disaster. So uh, obviously you can set up your property to host on this. Originally, I thought it was Airbnb asking me to just give my property away for free. Um, I think that's originally how it started, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that you were I think be so nice too, person. because I, I had a little bit of uh, interaction with them a couple of years ago. I think it was right after COVID. They were like, hey, can you open your space? um for people in need and blah 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 and i was just like mm, i'm not giving it away i i gotta eat you know yeah yeah <laughs> so you can start hosting now you can actually select which properties you'd like to be in the program but the weird thing about it for me is i didn't have any of my properties selected to be in this program and here in uh october i had a couple with three kids reach out to me and they wanted to stay. And I immediately saw, because it comes across the screen as a different reservation on Airbnb, you immediately see the airbnb.org symbol on their reservation. Mm -hmm. And so Airbnb gave them a voucher of $5,500 and say, Hey, you can use this however long it gets you. That's how long it gets you. Yep. Um, I don't know if they have a spending limit or per night cap that they can they can go. Obviously, Airbnb doesn't want to hand out a voucher and then these people go book a thousand dollar a night place. Um, right. So I'm sure they have like an income or a, or a nightly cap, but they were able to book my place. Obviously, some of the first questions I started to ask is you sometimes if you get too expensive, you end up with people who don't care about your property because they come with the mindset that they paid for it. They can do whatever they want with it. Right. Um, and then if the reverse spectrum of that is if you price your property too low, you can end up with some uh, unfortunate people who just really don't care because they barely paid for your property. Right. So in this instance, Airbnb is footing the bill for the stay. These people are not paying anything. How, how good are they going to be to my property? You know, they don't really have any, any skin in the game. Right. So that's my next question for you was what was your fear? So that basically was what you were concerned about was, I was equitable interest of the party to, to be nice. Correct. And the, the, the amount they were staying for, because it's a fall date, it really wasn't, it's more of a break-even booking for that particular owner. It's not a booking in which they're going to make money. It's just kind of like, this is a break-even booking. Because of the and time period in the year. Because the time period of the year where you're just trying to fill. So it's like, do you really want somebody in there that's going to treat, you know, going to severely depreciate uh, the property from wear and tear while you're simultaneously breaking even? Um, right. Or do you just want to let it go? Um, right. ultimately I was given the choice. I, I conversed with them back and forth. These people were like, you can stop in unannounced anytime you want and check on the property. Um, which I obviously haven't done that yet. And I'm probably not going to, um, but, uh, that's not true. I did, but that's only, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but it was, yeah. on a, it, it was because of the hurricane. Um, mm. but yeah, so I, that's how they came. I, I, in my head, I was like, well, this is a good opportunity to do a podcast episode. And regardless of how it turns out, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good opportunity to let people know how these, how these go. The problem yeah, did, that did you hear that though, listeners, we, we put you guys before our own interests. Correct. There you go. <laughs> the problem that it. was though, they, they only gave me eight hours to accept this booking and the booking Oof. reservation came in at like 6 PM at night. So yeah, you know, for the following day. And so I'm trying to get a hold of Airbnb.org, somebody who can talk, I can talk to because I want to know how these people were screened. I want to know what protections are there for me. Um, they say you're covered by the host guarantee, but it's like, I have dealt with the host guarantee plenty of times. What happens if these people destroy the whole property? Right. You know, they're staying there for a month. We're not talking about a week. It's a month's day. Jeez. So it's like, you know, I've seen 
I've seen people pay $25,000 for a month's stay and destroy a property. What happens when somebody pays nothing for a month's stay? Right, um, right. So again, that was my biggest concern. Ultimately, I put the podcast viewers first and I said, well, at the end of the day, we're going to have a story to tell. Um, yeah. These people did end up having to evacuate that building during Hurricane Nicole. Oh, um, Hurricane the most Ian recent did, one. The most recent one. So Hurricane Ian pretty much destroyed uh, a lot of the coastline of Daytona. Um, uh, yeah. It it um, it eroded a ton of seawalls. It did a lot of damage to a lot of seawalls. And there was only a month, and a month is not nearly enough to clean that up and, and rebuild anything. I mean, the permitting process for a seawall is three months. That's not including, you know, the time it takes to get contractor bids and then the time it takes to build it. So then to have another category one storm, um, you know, come and, and realistically, Nicole wasn't that bad. It's just, there was too many properties that were vulnerable uh, that had just received damage. And so Nicole, you know, was able to kind of push that over the edge, but the building next door and, and the fact that the seawall had been damaged in this building, the police went door by door and made sure everybody was evacuated and taped off the door in that building. Um, so um, not to, not to distract, but uh, this may be relevant. It may not be. The guests themselves, weren't they a family that was displaced from the first hurricane? They were displaced from the first fir- first hurricane. They're from central Florida. They're, um, okay. uh, my understanding of their background story, obviously natural disaster. They said that it was very difficult. They've been staying in shelters and stuff like that, but their their front door blew in. And after their front door blew in, the roof was about 20 minutes later after that. Oh boy. Um, they got devastated. Yeah. So their entire roof came off. It was a, there, they had lived there for 15 or 20 years. They'd said, um, and, and the house was completely, they showed me pictures. It it was, um, it was a pretty unfortunate thing to see, you know, no different than, than down in South Florida where houses were just demolished. Um, so that's, that's kind of how that went. Um, when they booked, I, I met them there. I did the check-in myself. So I didn't send one of my check-in agents. I wanted to meet these people. I wanted to see what I was working with. Uh, they're very nice. Um, you know, they were, they were very respectful. Um, so a couple weeks goes by and um, they have to evacuate because of the hurricane. I had gone over there. I had prepped that unit that morning at nine o'clock in the morning and got it ready for the hurricane. And and I told them, you guys should be good. Uh, just make sure to monitor if any water comes in, call me, use these towels. Um, yeah. Shouldn't see a lot of water, but then the county started to get worried about the building next door that had a lot more damage from Ian. That's a 19 yeah. story high rise building that could potentially fall. And you never know yeah, which we, way it's going to fall. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't like talking about condos in Florida that fall down. Yeah. Well, Daytona faced a, a, a problem where you had, you had pilings, you had so much erosion. I mean, there's so many buildings now in Daytona that have erosion sitting underneath of the building. Um, But then you come in, I actually got a chance to talk to the building engineer of the unit. These people were staying in after the storm. I just happened to be there. Um, I was actually escorted out of the building by police. Apparently I wasn't supposed to be in there. Um, I told him, I said, you didn't put a sign up and it wasn't taped off. So I went to check on my properties Yeah, and um, they're like, okay, well you got to get out. I said, okay. Uh, but the building engineer said these condos sit on stilts that are then the pilings for those stilts are like 120 feet into the ground. Okay. Um, so, I mean, he goes, the chances of this thing being the pool decks are built to break off and act as a shield for the building mm-hmm. yep. um, or shear off from their shear walls. He goes, so to, to, to actually put this building at a structural deficiency would take a massive amount of damage. 
And he goes, we just didn't see that here. But they let the people back in. It took like two or three days to get the structural engineers out and everybody back in. They had to leave. I'm not sure where they went and stayed during that time period. Um, but they are back in the unit now. Um, and, and when I walked in to, to go through the unit to make sure there was no water damage prior to their arrival back, it didn't, it didn't seem bad. Obviously, it was, it was a little messy like anybody else who stays. Um, but nothing, nothing too terribly out of the norm. And so I'm hoping that I can come back to you guys here in, uh, you know, maybe two weeks to a month and, and let you know that they were great guests and, and hopefully yeah. be able to tell you that, uh, you know, if you get one of these bookings that it's okay. And, uh, you know, just do your own due diligence and make sure that, that you're protected. Like, like, you know, I had spoken with Ryan about this prior to them, uh, prior to me accepting the reservation, cause I just didn't know what to do. And, well, in that six-hour window, um, you did the the most reasonable thing you could do. You called me, yeah. <laughs> and we we immediately walked through it. And uh, I was like, "All right, what what is our risk? What is our reward?" And then you explained to me the the biggest thing, uh, just from a logistical standpoint, as a as a competent manager, um, you got to look at the bottom line for your customer, the owner. Like, how much are we going to make on this? Is this is this discounted stay worth it and what kind of problems could arise? And I think within about 10 minutes, we drilled down through a flow chart of thought processes. And I think we came to a conclusion pretty quickly, take the reservation, let's rock and roll. And yes. um, obviously we, I, I, I swear we should have just at that point, you know, of course I was in a car, you were at home on a phone and we weren't in a zoom call. Like we are now recording with clean audio. <laughs> we might've, we might've just decided to record that you know, and, and make it part of the episode, but it doesn't matter. The point is guys, we, we instantly went into um, just logical, logistical thinking mode, uh, risk reward, like I said, and we, we thought through it and we decided that the right move to make um, was to take the reservation and help this family out. Um, there isn't really a need to be a Grinch per se, right? Like, I mean, we're not, we're not out here trying to like, well, believe it, believe it or not, these people said that several Airbnb hosts prior to them coming to me, um, they'd been looking for a couple of days uh, while they awaited their voucher. Airbnb gave them access to look at uh, properties saying your voucher will be here soon. Um, and they, they inquired to several guests within their price or several hosts within their price range. And um, they were told no. Wow. So even though that, see, I didn't have to take a discount. I mean, the state, the, the, the booking was already discounted because we're in our seasonal low period. So then obviously it becomes even more discounted if the, if there's a chance for like extenuating, you know, a, a lot of damage done to the property or a lot of wear and tear. Um, sure. Obviously me, me charging a seasonal low rate plus getting somebody in who's going to treat the property crap as a double whammy mm-hmm. um, that I don't want. So that, that again was the biggest thing, but Ultimately, it's been good so far. I hope that I can come back in two weeks, a month and say that it was great. Um, they do know. I, I told them, they're like, why did you rent to us? They asked me that in person. And I said, listen, there's three reasons. One, I'm going to make a podcast about you. <laughs> two. <laughs> I, of course, I you did not tell them the name of the podcast, right? No, I did not. <laughs> <Just kidding>. um, <laughs> but I did. They didn't ask me. So I, didn't say. I said, one, I have a podcast. I think it would be great, great um, content. I, I think it's great to get your guys' story out there. Um, but I also did that, uh, not self, I wanted you guys to have content, but I also wanted them to know that there, we have a lot of people that listen to our podcast, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that listen to our podcast every Monday or every other Monday now. 
And I want them to know that if they want other people in their particular situation to be accepted by Airbnb hosts, that we're the person that you're going to come to and, and you're going to be a great guest for us so that other hosts can be comfortable with renting to people who right. are in similar predicaments to you. And they right. totally got that. Um, yeah. I know his, his wife was a little bit teary eyed. You know, she said they'd been declined a couple of times by a few people because you have no idea who these people are. But ultimately, item number two was if this happened to me, would I want help? And that, that the answer is absolutely yes. I would, I would yeah. want somebody to give me a, to give me a break. And, um, the third thing that ultimately, uh, persuaded me is I didn't ask them to come see the property on a regular basis. They told me if you ever want to stop by, you're more than welcome to. And that was from um, the guests, not from Airbnb. That was from the guests, not from Airbnb. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't drill down to that level. They openly came up and offered that as a solution because they knew that I was thinking about it. I took, I took some time to respond when I went to go talk to Ryan and stuff like that. And these are things that they came back with to try and secure the booking for themselves. And, um, and that's what made me feel comfortable. So again, I hope in, I hope in a month I can come back and tell you guys it was, it was a fantastic day. Well, I got a pretty good feeling that you're, you're going to be able to come back and say that. And I, I just want to finish on one note to our listeners. We, we have talked in the past sporadically. I don't believe we have an exactly uh, one episode specific on this topic, but the type of guests you host and the way you screen a guest, we've mentioned all over these episodes. One of the screening things that we've talked about repeatedly is the folks that come at you asking you to bend over backwards for them or give them a deal, that kind of stuff. I get those messages on a weekly basis because the listings I have are more geared toward someone who maybe is in between rentals or that kind of thing, right? So I get these messages, you know, hey, I've got a budget of insert number here uh, and I want to stay at your place for three months. And of course, the inquiry is only for like a week, but they're doing that because the inquiry requires some dates. And then they end up, um, you know, trying to get my place for two thirds or half of what I'm going to generate for revenue uh, standard. And I'm like, no. And then every time you deal with these people that ask you for a bargain, if you do break off a deal, which you got to go back years where I even bent over backwards for somebody on this kind of stuff, they turn out to be a terrible guest. They're horrible. Almost always. These are, yeah, these are not the people that we're talking about are going to come off of .org. These are people that are in need and Airbnb is facilitating a home for an emergency. It's not them asking for a deal. It just so happened to be Lucas's off season for that listing. That's, that's not what we're talking about. So I wanted some clarity on that. So you guys don't think we're talking about these people as if they're, they're bargain seekers and coupon clippers and penny pinchers who come in and, you know, they want to use us for everything. The kind of people that stay for two weeks and call us for teepee and paper towels. Cause they used them up, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, those are the those are the people you want to avoid in general. Um, but this is this is not them. So I think the message we'd like to send out here is give it a chance. We're going to follow up on this episode. And I think we're going to have the ability to to reiterate what we're saying. If I'm wrong and we have a whole bunch of horror stories to share, we're going to share them with you guys. We're transparent around here. OK, we don't BS. Absolutely. know that. So. All right. Very good. In the meantime, be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. 
and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.